Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the Sunday Mail Chief Football writer Scott McDermott. We're a man down this week, Scott. Andy Newport is off again. I don't know what that guy gets up to. Gallivanting. Somewhere around Europe, probably. Exactly, exactly. Um, And he misses out on the chance to talk about, well, the only... The only old firm one of the season, he picks his moments to take, to take time off, doesn't he? I mean, he's had to address all those draws and defeats this season. And then finally, at the sixth time of asking, uh, Rangers 3 Celtic now, albeit meaningless in terms of, uh, it was only pride at stake. Obviously, the title won the week before by Celtic, so they didn't even have the chance to, um, to stop Celtic winning it. It was all done and dusted. Pride at stake, but despite all that, impressive nonetheless, would you say? Certainly was, Gav. I mean, I see you say meaningless and people calling it a dead rubber and stuff. And I suppose in terms of what was at stake, you no know, trophies, silverware, etc., then then that's right. But I mean, I said before the game, I thought that it, that it meant a lot to to Michael Beal and this Rangers squad, and, and I, I stand by that, I think. Um, that's a huge monkey off his back, just beating Celtic, uh, getting that first old firm win um, under his belt. He's obviously came close a couple of times. He was unlucky his very first one. Um, when Kyogo scored a couple of minutes to go at Ibrooks. Um, but I don't think any Rangers manager wants to go four or five games without beating your, your closest rivals. Um, and even more important than that, I just think... That no Saturday's performance had to show the punters no encouraging signs ahead of next season. The punters just needed something to cling on to. It's been a no, it's been a dreadful season for them <clears throat> in terms of trying to win trophies. Um, so they needed something, a wee bit of optimism, a bit of hope. Um, and I think they got that in spades. To be fair, I mean it wasn't just. It wasn't just a win over Celtic. I mean, I, see, to be honest, that's the thought before the game. If Rangers, even if they picked up a draw and and played really well in the game, I mean, it wouldn't be ideal, but if the punters just seen a performance again from them, then they might get away with that. A win is always going to be really good and really important, but to win and put in the performance and for the result to be so emphatic yeah. and so convincing, I think it was a, I mean, say meaningless, certainly not for Michael Beale, it was absolutely crucial. I totally agree with you. I mean, obviously, the big thing for Rangers w- was to get a win just because the Derby results had been so bad throughout the season, you know. But if they had scraped a last minute winner or something like yeah. that, I don't think it would have had, uh, no, yes, there would have been joy, but it wouldn't have had the same impact. 
I just yeah. think psychologically, uh, I mean, it's four months. Before, I mean, Rangers and Celtic will meet again in four months' time at Ibrox in the first game of of, of uh, the league next season, the first derby of the league season. I mean, can you imagine if Celtic, bearing in mind that they had, you know, that they, they chose to rest Diogo and some key players, and obviously Cameron Carter-Vickers and others were missing. I mean, if Celtic had left Ibrox undefeated, can you imagine the difference in mentality going into that first derby of next season? It would have been oh, totally wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, and by the way, that's not just for Rangers' point of view, Gav. That's yes. the Celtic's point of view. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think, as you say, if Rangers had just scraped a 1-0 and it was like an even game or Celtic had the better of it, yeah. their fans would have come away from it thinking, well, listen, we rest a lot of players... They've got lucky with a win that was always going to happen or whatever. But I genuinely think you know, a lot of their fans and the manager yeah. you know, will have looked at that again, not just the result, but the actual performance. And they'll have come yeah. that thing. Oof, that's a sore one. Do you know what I mean? Um, that was the thing. It was. It's all about the manner of it. It was the way. Yeah. It was the way the game went, wasn't it? I mean, it's probably yeah. the only outcome where Rangers fans could really have. You know, enjoyed it so much, you know, and that's what Celtic didn't want Rangers. They didn't want to give Rangers any hope. From yeah. that aspect, are you surprised that Ange Postecoglou chose? Um, I mean, obviously they've got the cup final coming up, but I mean they've got other games coming up, which are pretty much meaningless. Are you surprised that he didn't just give it one last big push to? Just to psych, even if it was for the psychological psychological aspect, to say we're going to keep that run going. I think it would have given. I mean, talking about players missing, it's only really leaving Kyogo out. No, yeah. oh, that that was his only kind of big decision. And of course, if if Kyogo's left out, he's the top scorer in the league. Yeah, his talisman this season. Of course, they're going to miss him. It was a chance mm-hmm. for O to impress. And up until now, I have been impressed with O when he's came on. He didn't do too well, uh, obviously, on Saturday, but he's still a South Korean international striker. But mm-hmm. The other ones, I mean, Carter Vickers is injured, Johnson's injured. You know, he plays Lee Alabada for Maida. But I think you speak to a lot of Celtic fans that would say, you know, Abada's better than Maida, or certainly against Rangers. You, know, you could argue he's had far more of an impact. I mean, Abada's destroyed Rangers at, at, at times in a couple mm-hmm. of the old firm games. Um, yeah. Especially going up against Borna Barisic. So I just I don't I'm not having the argument that oh, it's a weakened team and they've only taken it taken it as seriously. Listen, we, we can't say well, we can't go through a whole season praising Ange Postecoglou for his relentlessness and his yeah. you know that the way he goes about the job and the way he approaches it and then say, oh, no, he maybe took it took a foot off the gas. Yeah. I don't believe that for a minute. And listen, I was in the press room post match, you know, immediately after full time. And trust me, the, the look on Ange Postecoglou's face, the way he spoke, um, no, that performance and result hurt him and maybe even surprised him. I mean, I actually think, looking back on that game, I don't know what you think, but I think actually Ange Postecoglou maybe learned more about some of his players oh, yeah. than, than Michael Beale did about the Rangers players. I think, I think all the players that played for Rangers... Michael Beale kind of knows what they're going to give him. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he, he played, he left out Morelos, Kent was missing. He basically went with a team 
of guys that he knows the majority of them will be there next season. And he, and he went into that game knowing the players that he picked in the starting of and were probably going to give him everything. And that's, that's the way it turned out. There'll be one or two in the starting of and who might not be there next year. I'm thinking about uh, Matondo being one. Or if he is there, he certainly won't be a starter next season. So I don't really think Bill learned that much about his players. I think he would know that they were capable of that kind of performance. I actually think Postacoglu would have learned more about mm-hmm. guys like O and Bernabe uh, and Tony Ralston and one or two others who didn't didn't perform anywhere near the, the standard that he would that he would expect. So if you put all of that into it, looking back to your point about the psychology of it all. No, you can call it meaningless all you want, but when you put all of that into it, then it makes it a great, not yeah. really great for Rangers. It does, and, and we are obviously putting a big emphasis on this result and the psychological aspect, and emotion it's not meaningless. Equally, we can't ignore the fact that Celtic had achieved their goal because we yeah. have, we have, we have, we did a piece on the website earlier this week of these kind of dead rubbers. Uh, there have been many sort of down through the years. In fact, I, I, I'm painting the scenario there about winning at Ibrox and then the first derby of the season being at Ibrox in four months' time. It happened under Stephen Gerrard when Arfield scored in the 2-0 win and then when the league was over, Neil Lennon was in charge of Celtic and then Celtic came to Ibrox for the first derby the following season and won 2-0. So, yeah. um, I suppose... That's the danger as well for Michael Beale is not to get lulled into any false sense that you know you've got to understand it's that it wasn't a Celtic side who had something to play for. Oh, of course. Listen, you know, I remember God back in the day, you'll remember five. Yeah, I remember a three 0 game at Hamden. I, mean, I know. When I when I walked out the game on Saturday, I thought about that and I actually yeah. did wonder. Yeah. I have I've no look back. I mean, you might know if you taught me, but I did wonder, God, I wonder what the result of the first still firm game following season well 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 shoot well the following season was the season where rangers went through uh unbeaten didn't they um because well there's a funny story about that game you're right celtic i think celtic finished fourth that season that's the season they were at hamden right. finished fourth tommy burns and charles but yeah three now uh yeah. rudy Vata, of course he kept craig moore on goal um well, and Scott and goal for Rangers. Is that right? Uh, no, I think it was Billy Thompson. Billy Thompson. No, yeah. no, I'm pretty sure it was Billy Thompson, yeah. yeah Obviously, yeah. Rangers had won the league by 18 points or whatever, and Celtic won 3 0. And Celtic are thinking, right, next season's the season. A bit like we are seeing now, you know, Rangers in next season's the season. Um but there have been lo- there been loads of speculation about Gaza signing. And Walter Smith came into the press room after it, obviously bruised, having lost 3 0. And he didn't even sit down. He just put his foot on the chair and oh, tied, he tied his lace and he just looked around to all the press and just said, We've seen Paul Gascoigne. And that was it. That was like an immediate response, you know, because, and I suppose that's the job for Celtic now is that Rangers are saying, Well, we're going to get stronger. And, you know, it's how they're going to respond. Ange Postacoglu said today, well, we're going to, you know, get major upgrades, I see in his, in his interview. And that's what Rangers did. They responded to that defeat by, um, well, by signing Gaza. I mean, it doesn't yeah. get... And then 
So the next season would have been the eight in a row season, and I'm pretty sure that um, I'm pretty sure they went through undefeated. Exactly. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so yeah, but but, but aye, so so it does illustrate that that point that I suppose Michael Beale, as happy as he will be, will have to. Um, Celtic will react. You're right. I mean, I, I actually I asked Callum McGregor in the post-match press conference on Saturday whether you know that game kind of showed him and his teammates that Rangers will be will be a lot stronger next season, and and he agreed, and he said. We know that will be the case, and that's why we need to get better and we need to get stronger. So, yeah, and post the and guys like Callum McGregor on the daft, they'll know there are going to be changes at Rangers. They'll be expecting an upturn. They'll be expecting a tighter title race. So Celtic, Celtic will respond. Um, and listen again, it'll boil down to like just we're saying about Rangers big summer recruitment wise and all that. Of course, there won't be as, anywhere near as big an overhaul at Celtic, but Ange Postecoglou, I think, in the papers today, said, no, he expects that bids will come in for, for two or three better players, and if they go, they'll need to sign, no, they'll have replacements lined up, and obviously that's the big, well, that's the big acid test, whether the replacements who come in are as good as, or if no better, than, than the ones that go, and Celtic have been pretty good at that, obviously, since Ange Postecoglou came in, and it, but it will need to be the same because, you know, as you say, Rangers will be stronger next season. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Um, so Celtic will need to react as well, and I'm sure they will. Yeah. In fact, I'm sorry. I, I just well, I just called that season up the following season. Yeah. So so Celtic uh, beat Rangers three 0 in the final game, ninety four ninety five. And one, two, three, four, five, six derbies the following season, and Rangers were undefeated. So there you go. Wow. Uh, played in the League Cup in a midweek. McCoy scored Gaza cross. Yeah, I remember McCoy's that. header. Celtic nil, Rangers two. Cleland and Gascoigne in the league. That was the same month. 3 3 draw, of course. Um, the famous 3 3 draw in November. A 0 0 draw in the New Year derby. Uh, a 1 1 draw. Alan McLaren and John Hughes. That was one of Ibrox. Yeah. And. A 2 1 win in the Scottish Cup semi final when the World Try. So there you go. So um, so that just goes to show, and there's many examples of that. Yeah. The, the, the dead robbers. But as we said earlier, yeah, I mean, there's still cause for optimism. There's plenty to take out of it. Let's put it this way if it was a 2 0 defeat, it would be, it'd be a very different conversation we're having now. So there's certainly, there's certainly no downside to it. Now, Robbie McCrory. Second game in this fixture, second clean sheet. Um, Michael Beale showed his faith in him. What do you think, Robbie McCrory? A, a couple of big saves in the game. He's obviously been waiting patiently for his chance. He's 25. I mean, there's still obviously the talk of Jack Butland coming in. Alan McGregor would expect to hang up his gloves. John McLaughlin could even go. If it was Jack Butland or whoever coming in and McCrory... A second choice. I mean, at 25 years of age, having now tasted this, how difficult do you think it would be to keep him happy? Is that? I think it's tough, Gav. I think you're right. You know, at that age, and given that he's had a wee, a wee taste of it, um, but he has signed a long-term contract at Rangers, so he's committed to the club. I'm sure um, Michael Beals can. Uh, 
vision of where he wanted the kind of goalkeeping department to go will have been explained to, to Robbie McCrory. Um, what I would say is, I mean, he's done brilliantly in the four games, right? There's no getting away from that. But I mean, as a small sample size, do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Four games, it's been big games. I mean, I think I'm right, two, two against Celtic, one against Aberdeen, one in Europe. Mm-hmm. And he's done really well. Um, but it is a small sample size, so I don't want to get too carried away with this guy's going to be the number one um, next season. He obviously looks capable, I think. No, I think mentally, listening to the interview, I think his mentality is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can handle it. Um, I thought on Saturday, the most impressive thing, sure, a lot of Rangers fans will say the same thing. It was his speed off his line, basically, and his willingness to come off his line. I'm a big Alan McGregor fan, as you know. Well, McGregor's probably up there with Andy Gorham, the club's greatest ever keepers. But there was a noticeable difference on Saturday in terms of McCrory, you know, the speed at which he can get off his line. I mean, you're, you're talking about a 25-year-old compared to a 41-year-old. It's a big, big difference, and that's been one of the criticisms of McGregor um, as he's got older and certainly in the last couple of years. Um, what really impressed me, well, two things. I mean, one, the, the old chance in the first half, although McCrory actually slips as he comes out, I think the speed of which he gets Teo's feet really mm-hmm. put the striker put the striker off and probably contributed to the, the chance being missed. And secondly, even more importantly, in the second half, when Celtic brought Kyogo on, what impressed me was I felt as if McCrory actually looked at that and thought, they're bringing Kyogo on, they're going to change their game slightly, they will try and get Kyogo down the sides, the centre-halves and in behind Rangers' defence. And there was one pass, Celtic, they only did it once, I get a chance to do it once, where they slid a ball down the side of, I'm sure it was Connor Goldson, that, that side, and tried to get Kyogo in behind. And honestly, McCrory was like a sweeper. I mean, he was there before he even knew it and just cleared the danger. And it was a kind of nothing moment. But it stuck in my head because I thought, with Alan McGregor in, that, that probably wouldn't have happened. And it almost allowed Rangers to play further up the pitch, pin Celtic back more, knowing that they had McCrory uh, back there who was going to, going to sweep up and, and was willing to take him off his line. So there was definitely a noticeable difference. He's barely put a foot wrong in the four games that he's played. Um, however, having spoken to Michael Beale after the game, and we've all seen the reports uh, linking Rangers with, with Jack Butland. I would expect that to happen, and I expect Jack Butland to come in to Rangers next season. Um, clearly, with the you no, know, with the aim of being Rangers number one. Um, but I don't think Robbie McCrory. I don't think he should get too despondent because I think <clears throat> I expect John McLaughlin to go. Yeah. And if it's Jack Butland and Robbie McCrory as Rangers two keepers next yeah. season, I think Rangers will be in a good position. And I also think McCrory's performances will have at least put himself in the frame to go and compete with Jack yeah. Butland for, for the number for the number one spot. And in terms of in Michael Beale's head, he'll know that McCrory, no, he isn't just a backup. He is more than capable of coming into these big games. So, yeah. so if Jack Butland comes in, 
and he's the number one or starts as number one. But listen, maybe things don't go to plan. He might have a couple of bad games. He might get injured again. At least Rangers and Beal will know they have a, a very able deputy in, in Ross McClory. And I actually think for the Rangers fans, if, that, if that's the situation, Butland and McClory is your first and second choice keeper to fight it out for that kind of number one spot. I think that's a pretty good good place to be in. Yeah, I just I just think back and I'll, I'll look just before we come on there just to, to sort of see what age he was. But I mean, I just remember, you know, I remember when Paul Gwen came in and he signed Lionel Letizzi. I mean, yeah. Alan McGregor had been knocking on the door for sort of so long and he, and he just, it was, it was, I mean, he, he would have gone, well, I think Billy Thompson said in interviews, isn't it? He had to talk Alan McGregor out of leaving you know, yeah. it wasn't until Walter Smith sort of came in and said, right, you're number one. But, I mean, he was the same age, you know, sort of 25. And you just think, if you've waited that long, you know, how much is he going to be willing at 25 to say, is he ready for another fight? You know, because yeah. he probably went through this last season thinking yeah. Alan McGregor might go. And it may be him and John McLaughlin. But, of course, Alan McGregor stays for another year. It's just how many times can you take that with you, you know, if, if Jack Butland comes in and he knows that Jack Butland's essentially coming in as number one, how much is he going to be up for that sort of fight and be willing to wait again? Because 20, right. 25 is not young. You know, 25 is not young. You're right, it's tough. Um, but I mean, if, if Michael Beale decides then, and by the way, he might have, I mean, he might have started negotiations with, with Jack Butland and now he's having no second thoughts, having seen McCrory <clears throat> in these games at, at close quarters, maybe as having second thoughts, we don't know, but mm. if he does decide Robbie McCrory's his number one next season, what do you do with the other keeper? I mean, who, who do you go and get? Do you, do you promote a younger one? So then you've got a 25-year-old and an even younger one as your backup. Do you go and try and get an experienced 34, 35-year-old who's willing to be backup to Robbie McCrory? I think that's that's maybe tough as well, not to get that kind of quality. That's why I think he'll, Michael B will be so encouraged by McCrory's performances, but he'll be thinking, I need two top-class keepers to compete for this number one jersey. And that's why I think he'll still go for Butland or somebody of that ilk, and it'll be up to the two of them to go and, to go and perform. And at least now with Robbie McCrory, it's not like he's untried and we don't know about him. I mean, as I say, it's a small sample size, but I think we know that he can come in and he can he can handle it. I mean, he's handled these these big games. So, as I say, I think from the manager's point of view, it'll be a good position to be in. He'll say to the two in pre-season, look, show me what you can do and I'll make a decision come first game of the season, who's my number one. You know, I would say Jack Butler's obviously going to start favourite, having come in, having come in, with the experience he's got and the age he's at, and obviously the money Rangers will need to spend on, on wages, even though it's a free transfer. But I think the two of them will be you know, encouraged, right? Go and you just compete and show me who's show me who's the number one. Yeah. Well, if, if I'm just sorry, I was just looking back there to that time when Alan McGregor got in. So Walter Smith comes in 
obviously Lionel Latizzi had had been there at the start of that season. Yeah. But Lee Robinson, so it was a young, it was a young boy who played yeah. behind the Arm McGregor. But then for the following season, it was obviously Neil Alexander. Um, sorry, he started. He signed Roy Carroll. Remember yeah. that? So similarities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of Jack Buckland, a guy who's played at the high level, but but oh, Roy Carroll was probably older then. Yeah. Definitely older than Jack Buckland is now. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Butland at 30, Gav, he, he'll still think he's got at least five, six years at the top level, a good level. So he's not going to come in and be back up to no. Robbie McCrory. And, and even Roy Carroll, who was older, wasn't happy to be back up because he no. ended up leaving, didn't he? Because he probably exactly. thought he had a chance of being the first choice. And then that's when Neil Alexander comes in. Yeah. So Listen, I, Jack, Jack Butland, no, Jack Butland won't be expected to come in and be bona fide number one, no matter what happens, you're going to play the whole season. I'm assuming Jack, it will be explained to Jack Butland, listen, you're coming in, I want you to be the number one, but listen, we've got a 25-year-old keeper who has proven that he can handle it, and he's going to be breathing down your neck and desperate for, desperate for games. And listen, Rangers are going to have a lot, of, a lot of games next season as well. So, I mean, it's not as if McCrory... Knows I will not play any games, even if Butland starts as number one. No, the be League Cup games, which I'm sure. I mean, I'm thinking ahead here, but no, I'm pretty sure if Jack Butland started as number one, given what McCrory's done you know, in the last couple of games, pretty sure Michael Beale in his head would think, right, Robbie McCrory will be my kind of cup keeper, certainly League Cup keeper. So, I mean, there, there will be games. Butland you know, has had a kind of checkered history in terms of injuries. So there's every chance that you no know, that could reoccur again. So listen, I get that it's going to be really tough for Robbie McCrory to accept sitting on the bench again, but compared to where he's been the last couple of years, nobody's had McGregor and McLaughlin in front of him. Mm-hmm. I think saying to Robbie McCrory, listen, you've got a straight shootout here. You and Butland are the top two keepers. You're going to get some game time. No, the two years are battling it out here for number one. I, I don't think he'll get two down about it. The game, obviously, McCrory stand out. Cantwell, pr- man of the match, proved again he's a big game player. He just added to that sort of reputation since he arrived. Heelmaz coming in at left back, thought, thought he was he was one that really impressed. Um, certainly me, we we surprised, we impressed. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at that. Listen, Gilmaz is just somebody I think it's been really difficult to judge before he gets a run of games. I think it's the case of a lot of guys. I think I said this to you a few weeks ago. These guys need to play a run of games. It's I can't explain how difficult it is coming in for one game or coming on for 20 minutes here and 15 minutes there. and They maybe get a cup game against Stalin Albion or something. I mean, it's just... So difficult. I think you can only judge these guys when they come in and get a real feel for it and they get a run of games. Yilmaz is getting that now and hasn't surprised me with how, how good he is. I mean, you're talking about the guy, I think he's only, what, 22 just now, Yilmaz? I think he's yeah. had, like, 80-odd games for Besiktas, which is a massive club and a tough league. He's played for the international side. He's clear, clearly a good player, clearly a really good Fullback, but he's just no that chance. Mm-hmm. Or he's just no that run at Rangers, whether it's been injury or just no getting a game or time to settle in the you know, new country, new league, whatever it's been. But he's getting a run. 
I think he's shown different attributes to, to what Barisic has got. I thought against Abada, he handled Leo Abada as well as Borna Barisic, Barisic has ever did in any old firm game, which is you know, a big credit to, to Yilmaz. Um, and listen, again, Bill will be hugely encouraged by by that performance going into, going into next next season. And with Barisic only a year left on his deal, it remains to be seen. Will Rangers try and maybe cash in this summer, knowing they've got Yilmaz on a long-term deal? Or do they just allow Barisic to run his contract down next season? It gives them two quality left-backs. I would suggest, you know, in the last going the last couple of performances, Yilmaz might might start the season as as first choice, and Barisic would be would be back up in the last year he's deal. I don't really think that's a disastrous situation for Rangers to be in. You know, given what they paid for Barisic, I think he's been a really good servant for them. You no, know, obviously a big part of the league winning campaign, the Europa League final stuff like that. So. I mean, they've, they've probably got their money's worth. Um, but Yilmaz certainly has put himself in, in pole position. I think now, yeah. when, when we think of this, what's going to be a kind of new look, Rangers under Michael Beale, Yilmaz to me now looks like he's... Certainly if he performs in the last couple of games as well as he has done, then I would think he'll go into next season feeling like he'll be the number one choice at left-back. Yeah, no Malik Tillman, obviously, injured from the previous game against Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-final. He picked up the Young Player of the the Year Award, the PFA Scotland Young Player of the Year Award, and then said he's 50-50 in terms of his chances of being back uh, at Ibrox next season. Very briefly, what do you think? Well, in a word, yes or no, will he be back? No, no. Well, I don't think so. Uh, listen, I, I, because he doesn't want to be there, or because Rangers don't want him enough? Yeah, I mean, I don't know for certain. I, I think Rangers would certainly be looking to try and do that deal. Um, it would have to suit Rangers, obviously, in terms of the fee and all that. But mm. I, I just get listen. There's no explanation for it. Just the vibes I get from what you hear inside Ibrox when Tillman speaks. You just get that impression that he's no a hundred percent sure about coming back to Scotland next season, and I think Rangers probably know that. Um, so no, I, I, listen, he's done a good job for them in the, the spell that he's had. <clears throat> Can't argue with his numbers. No, young player of the year voted for by the players. I mean that tells you everything about how how impressive he's been. So it's been a it's been a pretty good deal for Rangers for that six months, but. Um, no, I don't see him being back next season. No. And just finally, um, on our uh, fellow Daily Record podcast, off the record, Craig Moore spoke um, in the, the latest episode, and he was talking about the sporting director role that obviously Ross Wilson has vacated and saying it's something he would fancy, thinks that you know his credentials mean he, he, he could do it. Obviously, he's had a kind of similar kind of role, I think, with Australia and Brisbane Road. He's kind of worked and he's working as an agent. So he, yeah. he's gone into that side of the game. Um, and then at the same time, I'm sure you've seen these rumours flying around. There's rumours all over the place, social media, forums, WhatsApp, you name it. I've Graham Soonis, obviously quit Sky Sports uh, recently there. So he's got more time in his hands. Um, now he's stressed that only rumours... <laughs> some sort of role. I mean, 
possibly the sport director role or maybe an ambassadorial role. First of all, Moore, and then Sunis, what do you think? Or, or maybe they could both come back. Moore could do the sport director and Sunis could have a, an upstairs job. Yeah. What do you think? First of all, Gav, I'm not convinced that Rangers will uh, replace Ross Wilson and have mm -hmm. a, a bona fide sporting director at the club. Um, I might be wrong, but Michael Beale is obviously kind of taking uh, those responsibilities on at the moment in terms of his uh, recruiting players for the for the summer and for next season. We spoke to Michael Beale about this a few weeks ago um, at one of the, the press conferences, and the feeling I got was that you no, know, it would probably like somebody to come in eventually, but I don't think that the role would be sporting director per se, where you're you're doing everything, you're kind of running that side of the of the club. I got the impression that Michael Beale wanted to be in total control of first team matters in terms of recruitment, players coming in, players going out, in the same way that Ange Postecoglou does at Celtic, basically. He did hint that well, because there is so much to do that somebody could come in almost kind of underneath him and you know, make sure the academy's been run properly, you know, they've got the ladies team now, things like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if eventually you know, somebody comes in in, in some sort of capacity to deal with that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I get the impression Michael Beale wants to be in charge of first yeah. recruitment. So I, I don't know if they'll go for a as I see, I'm a fidey sporting director. Um, that's where that, that's that's where I probably think maybe Craig Moore wouldn't, you know, fit the bill as much in terms of that. Say, no, scouting and yeah, because I mean he's an agent and yeah. so he could come in as a sort of head of recruitment type thing. But obviously there are people who are already in that position. But in terms of aligning the club and doing what Ross Wilson did, that's probably different from what yeah, Moore's. That's yeah, that, that's why I'm not convinced that that. that the role that Craig Moore's maybe looking at, I, I don't know if that will be available at Rangers. And that's not not, not taking anything away for Craig Moore. I think getting somebody like that back at the club uh, wouldn't be a bad a bad move at all. He's really experienced, knows Rangers inside out. He's obviously really passionate about the about the club. As you yeah. see, he's been all over the world in yeah. various different roles that he's had. So, I mean, he knows... Well, know people in every continent, do you know what I mean? Um, never mind, never mind countries. So, but I just as I say, I'm just no sure Rangers are ready at the moment to go and make that kind of appointment. I think Michael Beale's sole focus will be on him getting together a team and a squad ready to challenge Celtic next season because I mean, it's just imperative that, that Rangers are challenging and winning trophies next season, and I think it'll only be. Maybe once that kind of process is, is finished, they'll then start looking at, right, we, we need somebody to help in here. Uh, and whether Craig Moore or anybody else would be up for that, I don't I don't know. Um, so I don't see that kind of thing happening anytime soon. In terms of Graham Suris, I mean, just like you, I was getting loads of messages and WhatsApps and stuff last night talking about him coming back. I mean, it's interesting. I did I actually did an interview with Graham Suris a few years ago. I'm sure it was during during COVID, so you're talking maybe three years ago, about possibly coming back to Rangers one day as a director. And he was very much in favour of that. No, it was something that he said kind of would mean a lot to him and he was never going to rule it out. And 
obviously we know he's he's uh, he's affinity with the with the club. Um and there's obviously been a lot of changes at boardroom level, Rangers in the last the last wee while. So I mean getting somebody like Graham Sooners back as a kind of non exec director or a director on the board again, I think would be a would be a good move. I think the fans would be pleased. You no, know, he's got such a stature in the game um that I could only see positives for something like that happen. I, w- I wouldn't expect him to come back as a sporting director because I think he's getting to a stage of his life and his life where he's looking to do less rather than more. So he certainly yeah. wouldn't come back as. Although in his interview, interestingly, there he says his passion for football is undimmed and he's open for business. He said after you know when he quit Sky Sports. It, so it, you know the words he was using told you that he. he I know what you're saying, but I mean that sporting director role is full on, twenty four seven. A lot of travelling. I mean that, that's, I mean that's a proper workload for yeah. him. If you're going to do that job properly, I'm not convinced. I might be wrong, but I'm not convinced. Graham Souness, as I say, at his stage in life, mm-hmm. you're looking to take something of that kind of magnitude on. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I seen the interview where he said, obviously, a new challenge, he was going to announce something. I'm not sure that's to do with like, the charity that he supports and, and stuff like that. I think he wants to you know, get into stuff like that and, and do more. But, um, no, coming back to Rangers as a director mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. And I would actually think something like that, as I say, would go down very well with supporters. And it's obviously going to be a kind of, no, the, the board that Rangers is going to have a, a, a kind of different look to it in the next, no, the next be while. So, no, that might be something that that happens. Um, I know a lot of fans as well thinking, you know, putting two and two together and seeing a lot of people leave their post. Then the soonest rumours and people talking about maybe a potential takeover of the club. I don't see that happen. As I say, all the kind of noises coming out of Ibrooks, um no, amidst these changes, they don't suggest that there'll be a that there'll be a, an actual takeover of the club. There will be big changes. I think the club's trying to kind of move in a different direction. Um, the squad's obviously going to get revamped. I think there's a a real desire from John Bennett for there to be a, a freshness about the whole about the whole club, not just the the playing side. So. Um, no, I expect all of that to happen, but I don't I don't see a takeover of the club anytime soon. Okay, great. I was just thinking there, it seems like yesterday I can still remember me, you and Andy sitting down on the eve of Rangers going to Livingston for that premiership opener debating whether it would be McLaughlin or McGregor with <laughs> two sticks. And it seems like yesterday and now we're coming to the last seven days of the season. So it's Hibs on Sunday, home to Hearts on Wednesday, and then away to St. Mary's. So we're actually coming to the final seven days of the season in the last three games. I'm thinking, think of everything that's going on uh, during that time and the, and the sense that we've spoken in that period. <laughs> maybe that's open to debate. But anyway, if Andy can be bothered, I mean, if, if we can drag Andy off another day off next week, hopefully. We can get back for one last time this season. Yeah, one last time. <laughs> but thanks for joining us today, anyway, Scott. Thanks for listening.